But I figured if I shone a light on it and brought more resources into it, I could actually create a wellness option in addition to talk therapy or talking to your spiritual leader or something. There's something really magical that the body can do when it is given the opportunity. Welcome to the Juggling the Chaos of Recovery podcast, where we focus on health, wellness, and overcoming all types of addictions. You're in the right place if you're a mom, dad, friend, sibling, or caregiver who has a loved one who is or was struggling with an eating disorder or any other kind of addiction. In a time when everything seems heavy, I'm here to bring you a real yet lighthearted take on what the heck we are all supposed to do with our lives while we care for our loved ones who are struggling. One thing holds true throughout it all. You can't juggle the chaos without smiling, at least a little bit. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Moira Gorski. I'm so glad that you are back uh, listening to the podcast today. And today I have a good friend of mine that um, I've met in my networking world around, as I say. Um, And I'm really excited for her to come to talk with us today about something that's a bit of a heavy, heavy topic of grief, but just she really helps people work through their grief. And um, so I'm so excited to have Meralda with us today. Um, Meralda Rodriguez is a, um, has a company called Move Beyond Grief, and she's a grief massage therapist and functional medicine certified health coach. She's an author, speaker, traveler. Um, what did you call yourself earlier? You're a wanderer. A I mean, wanderer. You, a wanderer, yeah. You just love to... Um, She's just a great gal that has a wealth of knowledge and, um, again, has so much to share with others and really uh, works on helping people with their health, their wellness, and, again, moving beyond grief. Grief. So thanks for joining me today, Meralda. Thank you, Maura. Such a great opportunity. Yeah, nice to have you. And, you know, I wanted to start by just sharing, you know, just a story that I may have shared on an earlier podcast, but Again, as you listeners know, my daughter has um, been in a um, many-year journey of struggle with an eating disorder, and it started when she was in high school. She was at home for a while, and then she's been in several different treatment uh, programs. So one of the times when she was away from home, getting some more help, uh, I attended in our, we live in a community that, um, lovely community, and we were having a housewalk. And it was a fundraiser for, I think, some of the the high schools and things like that. Regardless, it was a beautiful housewalk, beautiful day. I went with a couple of friends of mine and we walked through the homes and I love to look at other people's homes. And it was was lovely and I saw these great homes, but I saw a lot of kids that some of them I recognized that were my, either my daughter's friends or my daughter's age. Um, I saw a lot of mothers and daughters. I saw a lot of families. Just, I just saw a lot of that. And didn't think much of it, except I noticed it as I was going through the different homes. And then when the day was over and I got into my car, I just started to cry. And I didn't, I just, something came over me and I just, I really didn't, I didn't know what it was quite honestly. And I was seeing a particular therapist at the time. And so I brought it up um, because I had a great day. I'm like, why am I sad? This was really a nice occasion with my friends. And um, so I brought it up to my therapist and we talked through it. And she said, 
you know, cause I said, I saw, she said, so what's going on? I said, I saw these girls at my daughter's age and everybody just looks so happy and all this. And I'm not with my daughter. And she brought up this idea that many times she said, well, for one, okay. People's lives aren't necessarily just what they look like. Doesn't mean that everything's great. So we all can um, appreciate that. But she said, there is this place that you can grieve. You perhaps are grieving just that missing that loss of a life that you thought you would have with your daughter and bingo, that was it. It was really, it was really something that really helped me through that. And it's helped me many other times as I've had other occasions where it might've been, this is something I would have attended with my daughter um, or my daughter would have been involved with, or, and it didn't happen because she was getting some help. So I just, I wanted to share that as we kind of start, because again, it just, it really hit me hard. And I feel like there's many of you that are listening today that maybe that's um, come up for you. I've even seen that in some of the support groups I'm part of, that sometimes we just are hit with this sadness. Like, what is that? And um, unfortunately we can't change it, but, you know, we can recognize, you know, what we are grieving and and that loss. And so anyway, that's my starting story, if you will. Um, but I'd like you, Demeralda, before we kind of talk about grief and different types of grief and how, with what you do, how that helps, just kind of uh, tell the listeners about you, kind of tell your story and how you got to be what with what you're doing today. Sure. Um, so I, as you mentioned, I am a grief massage therapist and a functional medicine certified health coach. And I work with men and women who are struggling with grief and loss uh, and its impact on their health mostly. Um, and my story really comes from, um, it took me a while to kind of sift through all my experiences to figure out which was the story that resonated the most. And I have definitely experienced multiple losses, right? Whether it's the loss of parents, uh, loss of relationships, loss of pets, loss of my job. But I would say the most impactful that sort of brings me to what I do is my sense of perfectionism, which I thought was the right way to be because that's just how I was raised. I was raised in a multi-culture, so I was born and raised in Kuwait, but my heritage is um, Indian and British. And so I have always, you know, straddled multiple cultures, multiple traditions, multiple cuisines. And, you know, there's that expectation of, you know, if you if your family's kind of sent you off to America, it's because, you know, they have all these hopes and you're going to do great and you're this and that. And so you kind of almost want to live your life to their expectations and I did that, and I was trying so hard to meet whatever imagination someone had put out there that I, of my success, right? Because I didn't know what that was. I knew what was working for me on the ground, but I didn't know what altitude to fly to to meet their standard. And so the person that probably was most, that I was trying to please the most was my dad. And... Um, I remember being in one of my corporate jobs and I loved my job. I loved the job. I loved the, everything I did. I was making great strides. And then I was offered a promotion, which I was like, Oh, this is wonderful. This is great. 
But in, I had this sort of like niggling feeling that it was for a job that I didn't innately feel prepared or successful for. And that conflicted with this perfectionist persona, right? But I knew in my heart that if I wanted to get to the goal that I was wanting to achieve, I'd have to do it. Long story short, I took the job, failed miserably because I just wasn't meant to be in that position. It just wasn't where my genius lay. But I was trying so hard to build a new genius just to meet the somebody's standards and be this perfection. And where that led me was completely derailed and into the ditch. And that was when I burned out. And the first sign of burnout came as a panic attack where I thought I was having a heart attack. And my mom had passed away from heart attack. And so I was, you know, sitting there thinking, oh, my God, is this like how she felt in her last moments, right? So I'm thinking, oh, is this me? And then it subsided. And then I realized it was the panic attack, but that was the beginning of the burnout. And so I would say that loss of my health, that loss of my sense, that led me to leave corporate America, that led me to, you know, the, which is the big perfectionist piece I was trying to meet, right? So it was definitely a loss of almost an identity mm-hmm. at that point. So fast forward a few years, when I came to start my work in grief, I also couldn't tell why every time I left my family in another country and flew back to the US, I had this sense of anxiety. And um, in really looking at the grief work, I finally almost uh, 30 years, 35 years later, figured out that there was this switch in my level of grief. Every time I had to leave my family and fly back to the US, I was experiencing really grief in leaving them because I was going to only see them the next year. But I didn't know that at the time. And it took a long time for me to figure that out. So I say all this because a lot of times we aren't aware of what that grief feels like we just kind of attribute it to the loss of a person, which is really only one version of grief, which is bereavement. Grief takes many, many forms. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. And I, I um, again, with my situation with my daughter, I certainly see that and believe that to be true. And, you know, I've lost a grandparent and thankfully my parents are still um, alive. And so are my dogs who are sitting in the office here. But, but I know one of them, well, they're both, Nobody's going to be around forever, right? But sure. um, there will be that interesting loss and grieving. How did you, I mean, were you a massage therapist before in, in, in when you're working in corporate? Or was that something that you, you know, as you were learning more about grief, is that something that then you got, that you received training and certification in? I became a massage therapist at a time in my corporate career when there was a big hiccup in the company and the company was not doing well. And uh, there were certain circumstances under which I couldn't do my full job. I could only do my half job because of what the company was going through. And I just thought, you know what, I need something to do. And there's only so many painting classes and dance classes you can take. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had been through all of them. And, um, you know, I just said, I asked, and I do this a lot. Um, I tend to sort of just sit with myself and say, what do you want to do? And that is sort of, I guess, my way of speaking to my spirit and saying, what do you want to do? So the first time I did that, 
I ended up in the parking lot of a massage school and I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll just go through the door and see what happens. I don't know. <laughs> and what happened was I ended up signing on to be a student of massage. This was 21 years ago. Um, and I never looked back. My friends thought it was a new hobby, just like my dance and my painting classes. And they all became my homework. And mm. so, <laughs> and so they still thought when I graduated that it was just, you know, I was like taking a cooking class, right? You graduate from your cooking class and then you just make dishes at home. But I actually loved it so much that I made it my part-time job because that's what you call it in those days. You call it a part-time job because your full-time job was your corporate job. And so, but I took every opportunity, whether it was a chair massage event, whether it was in a chiropractor's office, whether it was, you know, in my own rental space, I took every opportunity because I didn't have to rely on that income solely. I had my full-time job, so I could play with a lot of different things. And so I just took the time to educate myself in all these different modalities, classes, places, whatever. And over time, it became my rock. If I was having a shaky day in corporate America, I just had to massage one person to feel whole again. And it just kept filling my soul and filling my soul and filling my soul. So I actually uh, transcended multiple corporate opportunities, but massage always stayed as my rock. Last year in 2019, uh, actually in 2018, I happened to have a client who came in. She, I just asked her what, how I could help her. She said her daughter had passed away and she just came in to get a massage because she just thought maybe she'd feel better. And that was such a, I feel like a whole new door opened just listening to her. And after her massage, she said she felt better. I said, come back again as you feel like it. If not, at least come back within three weeks. She came back. Um, I didn't know the circumstances of her daughter's passing. I just knew she passed. I didn't ask questions. I just gave her a massage that I felt her body needed. So from my soul to her soul, I just gave her some comfort. I gave her some room to breathe uh, and a way to stop the, the sort of like racing thoughts, right? Just stop them for a little bit. And the second session, she came back. She got off the table and she held my hand. She said, I can't tell you how wonderful this has been. Thank you so much. And then 2019 came around and it was the strangest year ever. I, um, people around me kept losing people. Like either it was, you know, a parental death, a sibling death, a pet loss, loss of jobs, loss of like a lot of losses. Right. And I was writing messages of comfort. Like, I'm sorry to hear this. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, and then mid-year, I literally had this opportunity to shine a light on what do we do when someone comes to us and says, something's, you know, someone's passed away or my marriage has fallen apart or I've lost my job and they're really hurting. And I really wanted to shine a light on how we as massage therapists, though there's no real formal training, we know what to do. But I figured if I shone a light on it and brought more resources into it, I could actually create a wellness option 
in addition to talk therapy or talking to your spiritual leader or something, there's something really magical that the body can do when it is given the opportunity. And that's when I decided to create my own version of grief massage and um, really immersed myself in various grief communities to really understand what they were going through and uh, what words were they using? I had to learn grief language. Uh, I had to learn grief uh, shades of gray, if you will, um, and, and what resources are out there and where was I different? Mm -hmm. And that's how I came about with grief massage. And then as a functional medicine health coach, it just added a really great complement to help people with their uh, nutrition that supports the body that's going through grief, as well as lifestyle modifications they can make to support their grief journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really great. Um, so a couple of questions that came up. So um, because I know, again, you do the, the, um, the healthy eating and, and mindset. So, but say for instance, I mean, just the massage, do you just feel that when someone comes to you and you ask them, because I go to a massage therapist as well, and he always says, hey, how you doing? And, um, and I share a little or I share a lot, but usually then it's like within about five minutes, we're both quiet. And because mm -hmm. I really enjoy it that way. I've been mm -hmm. other therapists who kind of talk through the whole time. But do you just do you just kind of ascertain from asking them? And then do you intuitively feel like what they need and where you need to, where your hands need to be. I mean, is that, does that make sense? I mean, that's what came yeah. up for me. Like, how do you really sense that? Cause then I want to share an experience for, with the audience about my massage right after, like right after we were able to get a massage during this pandemic, what happened to me? So go ahead. Well, so I had a couple of different examples where people came in and they said, you know, I've got this like pain in my shoulder, it's never gone away, whatever this, you know, I've tried this, I've tried that. And I look at massage in a, in a, in a slightly different way. Uh, when I look at dysfunction, I'm a, by, by training, I'm a neuromuscular therapist. So I am trained to look for muscular dysfunction and how it sets in. And from my experience, it can be a couple of things. It could be postural, right? I'm hunched over a computer, so my shoulders hurt. It could be mechanical, like I'm constantly lifting weights over my shoulder and now I've hurt my shoulders. It could be emotional. And this is what is so interesting about emotions and my journey through grief is really understanding the emotional side of us as humans. We think of something, but emotions run our body, our thoughts. People think it's the other way around, like thoughts create emotions. It's actually emotions that have decided where your thoughts are going to be, and then it becomes this sort of cycle. But here's the thing. We don't emote in our heads. We emote in our bodies. We actually have a whole nervous system called the enteric nervous system, that is where we feel like my stomach's churning or I have a gut instinct. It always comes back. We don't say I have an arm instinct, mm -hmm. right? We don't say my thigh is churning. We say my gut's churning. I feel it in my gut. And, or we say sucker punch. Sucker punch is not in, you know, it's not in the palm of your hand. It's in your gut. It's that sucker punch. So everything we say Nobody's taught us that language. It's kind of roamed around in, in our circles, but that's where we feel it, which is why we can resonate with it. And so 
um, when I'm working with someone, the first thing I do is I do a sort of scan to find out where they're at. Some people are really aware of what, what's going on in their body. And then there are people that are very disassociated from their body. They don't know, like they're like, I don't know. I don't know what that feels like, or I don't know what you're asking me. And so it, we kind of have to use different words to help them get where they need to be. But what I do is I take an inventory of where there might be some stuckness. Then I take the time to figure out from what they're telling me, whether the stuckness is maybe a movement related issue, like an overuse or a uh, injury or something, or if it's an emotion thing. And the reason I know sometimes it's an emotion thing is because I have tried my techniques that normally work and barring any injury, there is no release. But when I ask the emotional question, all of a sudden it unlocks. Mm. So I try to get this, the information up the front when the person's on the table, I really go to where they're feeling it and I listen to what the body's trying to tell me because it's very blatant as far as I'm concerned in my hands. And from there, I, I teach massage therapists actually, uh, I'm developing a, sort of, um, a continuing education program to help massage therapists listen for the language and understand how it translates into the body and what that person is trying to tell you. So when you work with the body and you do the massage techniques, there's nothing like, you know, I don't use any like big foo-foo thing. It's regular massage. It's just the intention, listening for the words, looking for where it's stuck in the body, and then really helping that person like use some breathing, use some... Um, it's almost like telling the body where to relax, which takes the mind of the chitter chatter. Because the mind's like, I'm not feeling this. I'm feeling that. It's pain here. It's pain. you know. So the mind's always like trying to chime in. And so what you have to do is kind of disrupt that chiming in and allow the body to do its thing. So half the time I'm trying to quieten the two-year-old that's running around in a circle. Um, and that's really how it works. I do use essential oils because I try to really get through to that limbic system or through, you know, bringing, calming down the uh, fear, any kind of fear that's there. So I do use that. And um, I really try, I, there's not a whole lot of talking. It's a lot more feeling, breathing, really embracing the um, essential oils, that kind of thing. And it's so amazing to watch the body just do its if you just give it the room to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. I um, I did, a, I recently, a couple of weeks ago, spoke with a friend of mine who's um, a yoga, th yoga, you know, a yogi. And mm -hmm. um, we were talking about how that sometimes, you know, just the whole release and the just the joy of yoga and how it really helps you emotionally and mentally and as well as physically. But I said, you know, it's it's interesting that sometimes you feel like, I feel like, oh, I just need, I need to go to yoga. And you don't, I'm not really sure why, but you get into, or, you know, I get into the room and the hot room and do the thing and you leave feeling like you just left a therapy session, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel Absolutely. like just with what you said, I believe that that's probably how you're helping people. They, again, it's just a different modality than, like you said, it's different than talk therapy. It's different than going to dance. Um, I yep. just started ballroom dance lessons. So I get that because someone said that, just a little tangent for a sec, uh, that somebody said, yeah, take some ballroom dance lessons. It's kind of like life coaching. I'm like, 
like a life coaching session. I'm like, I don't think so. I just want to go dance. Well, I'm about seven lessons in and I understand now <laughs> how it's, it's a life lesson. So I leave there. I have a great time, but I'm learning a lot about life and leading and trusting and all that. So that's, that's for another, another day. Right. But, um, but I believe that because I, I want to share the experience that I had, you know, again, we're in the midst of our pandemic still, but things have opened up and I, I committed to myself at the beginning of the year to, you know, cause I'm working on self-care and um, really keeping uh, true to that. And so I had found a great massage therapist. So I set up, you know, monthly massage beginning of the month. Um, I have a wellness business, I have a podcast. I kind of work towards the end of the month. So the beginning of the month, I'm like, okay, that's a time to take care of myself. Well, of course we couldn't go right for a few months. And so he got back in touch and we set a time and, but the day that I was going in for the massage, he said, you know, it's not just 30 minutes because it was, the restrictions were only 30 minutes. So he said, how much time would you, do you have? How much time would you? I said, well, I'll take 90 minutes. (laughs) So, um, so again, went in there, chit chat, just a little bit. And then, and then he goes to work and does his magic. And I, the last 10 minutes, I was actually crying mm. because it, I could feel, I, I mean, there was so, you know, such a release, a release for me, mm-hmm. but I, and he's a great massage therapist as I'm sure you are. I haven't experienced your, you know, your treatment and your hands on me, but he's wonderful. And I could just feel the love and the care of, mm-hmm. you know, coming through his hands. And it was so, I just didn't realize how, much I needed that. And again, mm-hmm. how much of a release that was because at the end after, you know, he says, how are you doing? I'm like, I really can't speak. I mean, I just, but it's like, you, it was such a wonderful release. And I feel like that's what it made me think of as you talked about that you wonderfully intuitively can find what that person needs. And then you just work on that area and help to release that and move that thing and, you know, move the chi and all the things that you're, mm-hmm. you're trained in. So um, again, I think that that's, I think it's wonderful and just a different way that we can, um, take care of ourselves and help to heal a certain part, you know, part of ourselves, um, you know, that grief, that loss. Yeah. The really, the, uh, real crooks of grief massage, you know, uh, the, you know, if I were to set one intention, for example, it would really, really be to do everything to bring the body out of fight or flight into rest and digest. And that actual switch of the two nervous systems is key to how grief massage works. Because while lots of massages can do that, the thing about grief massage and why you want to bring that person into that is because hope resides in the parasympathetic system, which is the rest and digest. And in order to heal, you have to have hope. A lot of times to, you know, people are stuck in the doing and not the being. And so the, if I could say it another way, the sympathetic nervous system, which is the fight or flight is the doing. The rest and digest is really the being. And you have to come off of the doing into the being because that's where healing takes place. And it's very interesting because to me, that's what I kept seeing, right? That's what I kept seeing on my table is the more we can get to the being, 
then the emotion kind of fades away either in a really overt release like you had or it's just a, uh, a non-constriction of the muscle. It kind of just melts away, if you will. And um, I spoke to, when I first started, I was talking to counselors and emergency room physicians and whoever would talk to me <laughs> about grief massage just to tell them what this was. And the one thing that they all agreed, they were like, yep, if you can get that person to the space of being or uh, rest and digest, that is where hope and healing actually lives. That's mm. why you want to get there. Yeah, that's great. Because I think, again, hope, you know, people listening are people like me who have somebody that's struggling with addictions that, mm. um, or they're, um, or they're the person that's, that's struggling themselves. And, um, and I believe this is so important for everybody that, you know, we need to get from that, that place where we can have hope and healing. Yeah. And, um, and, and we're kind of like, as parents, we sometimes, I know with one of my girlfriends, we talk about that a lot with our kids or how we talk to our kids. It's like, you know, you don't want to just be human doers. You know, you, we do want to create kids and we want to be functioning humans in society and responsible and all that. So we want to be able to do good, but we want to be being, we want to be able to be and be present. And, um, and I just love that because again, that's a big part of reason why I started this podcast was just to provide a space of hope that, you know, regardless of what's going on in your life, that you can have hope for healing and for rest. I love that rest and digest because even when you talked about the stomach and it's all tied up in knots, I know that from being a nurse and also a wellness, you know, yes. advocate, we've yes. got to try to help relax that so that we can digest our food so that we can absorb our nutrients. Yes. And like you said earlier, it's like if we give our body what it needs and it's, again, it could be the talking, it could be nutrition, it could be some dance, it could be some massage. If we give our body what it needs, then it sits in a place of hope and healing. Yeah, you know. you're so right about that. Yeah. yeah. And so how do you, because I always keep one eye on the clock here, um, you know, how do you just talk a little bit about the nutrition? Because I'm, I'm really um, intrigued by that. And like, for instance, the company that I represent just launched a turmeric uh, supplement. And so that's a spice that people talk about or an herb. And, um, you know, I know that I've seen that you do different cooking classes and things like that. Like, are there certain foods or spices or herbs and things that that help with what we're talking about kind of like releasing the grief or settling things down or can you talk a little bit about that sure so one thing we do know for sure is that food and mood are very closely tied and what you eat and and you can you know and i invite anybody to do this as an experiment eat really bad food on one day and kind of notate how you feel and then eat really good food on the next day and see how different you feel. And that happens for multitudes of reasons, right? It could be the pesticides in the food. It could be the preservatives in the food. It could be the fact that you're naturally showing some kind of intolerance to some ingredient. Uh, it could be any number of things. So in terms of functional medicine, I really try to match what someone's eating to how they're not feeling or feeling or want to feel, right? 
So we want to get the body out of a place of being constantly inflamed. And so in order to do that, I really try to find out where they're at. Once I know where they're at and, and what could be possibly causing inflammation or intolerance or any kind of disturbance, um, I really try to create or show them opportunities with foods that heal. And there are definitely foods that heal once you know where the um, uh, opportunity lies, right? Where, where do we need to work on? So one of the things that I'm very particular about is gut health. I'm very particular about gut health, the integrity of the structures, the gut bacteria, making sure the gut bacteria love their home, uh, making sure because when they love their home, they are doing good. They are also feeding the bacteria in our brain and the bacteria in our heart. So my goal through food is not just to say, here, eat, have your green smoothie. It's to also make sure that we are maintaining the integrity of gut health and then mental health by way of that, right? As well as keeping the body in a low inflammation state. So that's then boosting the immune system because you don't want the immune system constantly distracted with inflammation. Mm -hmm. You want the immune system focused on keeping you healthy. And if it's distracted with all kinds of uh, inflammation and, you know, pieces that it can't focus on keeping you healthy, that's when you start to fall apart. Mm -hmm. So this becomes such an important, like, uh, you know, now the other thing is research has shown that whole foods are great. And when you add spices to them, they are, they make your food potent, that's not my wording. That's actually studies that have shown. So what I do is I teach people how to use spices because spices to me are nature's weapons. And while turmeric is something that is most sort of talked about in the in spice, if you will, there is a whole, you know, it's like a Crayola box. We don't just have red color. We have multiple colors and multiple shades of those colors. And so spices are just like that. And then if you put a, a green, I'm sorry, a blue and a yellow, you get a green. So, you know, it's the same way. You put spices together, you increase their potency, you increase their bioavailability, you increase their um, ability to attack more parasites that might be in your system. Uh, and you also create more opportunities to uh, calm down inflammation. So when I teach my spice class, I'm usually teaching not just, you know, I am a trained uh cooking professional, but I don't really take on that role. I use it more in teaching clients how to make their food uh, potent and immune boosting or nutrient increasing at all times. Mm -hmm. That keeps the body in a place where it can be healthy and not chasing deficiencies at all times. Mm -hmm. So that's how I really help my clients. And in grief, it's really working towards keeping energy up, making sure that there's calming foods for the system. Uh, and it's, you know, really as clean as it can be. Yeah, that's great. It sounds like you just really provide this kind of holistic, really looking at all of that. Again, not just, you know, the touch, but also, again, what you can do, because we both know, you know, what you put in yourself is certainly makes a big difference um, yes. on how 
you know, how we live and, and how healthy we are mentally and, you know, and physically. So where can people find you? Um, and do you do these, these classes like online? Do you have a website? I want to, I'll put it all in the show notes, but I just want to make sure that you share with us where we can, where we can find you. The best way to find me is actually on my Facebook page called Move Beyond Grief. And um, pretty much you'll find what I do there. You can send me a message there. I'm always checking. Um, And then I also put information about my events on my business page so people know and they can sign up for them. Um, I I also put my events on Eventbrite and Eventzilla. So there's these other, you know, uh, ticketing options. But really, if people just came to my uh, Facebook business page, uh, they can find me. They can also find me on LinkedIn. If Facebook is not a um, something they use, they can also find me on LinkedIn and can send me a message there freely. And I respond very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I've learned so much from, from you today. And um, I know there's so much more that you have to share, but we're going to wrap it up for today. And, you know, just, I know that the listeners have learned a lot too. And um, I suspect many will be reaching out just to, again, learn a little bit more. I, I just feel like, as we've talked previously, we're just on a similar mission of just trying to help yeah. people, again, give their body what it needs whatever that might be and create, I just love what you said that create an atmosphere of hope and healing and rest. It's been an interesting time where we've been forced to slow down. And I think that we're, I know I've learned a lot from there, but I think yet if we can continue to share this message that there are places, be it that again, you have that you're sitting in a space where you're taking care of everybody else. You're the caregiver, make sure that you're taking care of yourself um, because that's really of utmost importance. Um, I, I thought of, and I'm going to be doing a recording um, with a, a gal uh, soon who I met during this journey who was, um, you know, she is in recovery from, from being addicted to um, painkillers. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as we talked about what she really wants to share with her story, she said, I'm recovering from life. And kind of the life that you were talking about, that perfectionism and the go, 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 and doing, 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 doing. And, and she was forced, and she'll share the story as we come on in a couple of weeks. Um, she was forced to, to stop because of her addiction. And she said, I'm just in recovery from life, from that life that, like you said, we kind of feel like it's that perfectionism, but, w- but what are we doing it for, right? Are we doing it for our parents or for something that we think that we should be doing it. You know, we don't know. But again, I'm just so thankful for everything you shared today and just thankful to be connected with you um, and love the work that you're doing and helping other people. And again, I know others will will find value in that as well. So thanks, Meralda. Any finishing words, things that we didn't, um, that you really wanted to share um, as we finish up today? I just want to say thank you. I just want to remind anybody listening to just give yourself the space and the grace is really what I would say to anybody is just to have that space and grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. All right, Meralda, you have a great rest of your day. And again, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, again, I am here to offer a place of um, hope and wellness and what we're supposed to do with our lives as things around us may not be as we like. So I'm here to help you reclaim your health in your life. You always know that you can reach out to me and find me on the connections that you'll see in the show notes. Again, connect with me, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, come join my community on Facebook of um, 
the Juggling the Chaos Recovery Podcast Tribe. Again, the link is in the show notes. I'd love to have you over there. And um, again, thanks for coming back. I really do appreciate it. And um, we'll talk with you next time. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you hear, please leave me a five-star review. Share this podcast with others and make sure you hit the subscribe button. Come on over to Facebook too. We have a great Juggling the Chaos of Recovery podcast tribe group, and we'd love to welcome you there. Now, do you have a story to share or know someone that does? Please connect with me. You'll find the link in the show notes, and I'd love to hear from you, hear your story, and feature you on one of the upcoming podcast episodes. And perhaps you are ready to find your way back to you. You'd like to reclaim your health in your life. Send me an email, connect with me, simply moira at gorskywellness.com or jump over to Instagram and connect with me there as Green Gorski, or you can also find me on Facebook. I'll connect with you and just show you some simple steps and show you a way to reclaim your life and your health today. Thanks for listening. Until next time.